And welcome to the Pre-Snap Motion Podcast, episode number 17. I'm your host, Chad Scott. With me, as always, my friend, my buddy, Rich Rebar. Rich, what's up? Chad, what's happening, dude? I mean, it's, you know, kind of mid-August here, and Lamar Miller is back, dude. Hey! Lamar Miller is back. <laughs> I saw that. Just before we started recording, the huge news, <laughs> he, is, he is now, he has signed a one-year deal with the New England, New England Patriots. What's, yeah, your, what's, I mean, your, what's your quick analysis on that? Uh, I mean, probably bad for Sony's health. Yeah. You know, he was on the PUP and his status to start the season may be in question, but that's about it. I was kind of nibbling on Damian Harris a little bit, but uh, hey, man, Lamar Miller is back. I always thought Lamar Miller was probably the, the objectively the better bet than Devontae Freeman in free agency anyways, the way Devontae Freeman's looked on the field. Right, uh, right. But hey. I just think it's right. fun. It's it's fun either way. Sean McCoy got it, signed and Lamar Miller. Yeah. It re, it reminds me of the the great debate of like 2013 whether whether you liked Lamar Miller versus David Wilson. Oh yeah, Freeman. yeah. I remember those. Oh, remember pouring those out days? for David Wilson. Yeah, David oh, Wilson. What could have been? What could have been? Yeah. So uh, we're back with you on a Monday. We're going to talk about quarterbacks. Um, I know everybody's so excited about quarterbacks, but before we do. I just want to remind everybody, make sure you are going to sharpfootballanalysis.com, picking up Warren's 2020 football preview. It is still on sale. It's still out there. We actually, uh, Rich, we had a contest last week, and we gave away two copies. How did that go? It went well. We were happy with uh, some of the posts that people had and the reviews. Keep them coming. Yeah. Listen, we're we're not doing one this week, but we're going to have some more giveaways here coming up. We promise. Uh, so yeah. bear with us. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we had a nice little turnout. Some people got some copies. Uh, we're going to give some more stuff away coming up. Yeah. Like we actually did give away what we said <laughs> we're going to give away. So, I mean, p- there's two lucky uh, recipients. Who are the who are the lucky winners this year, Rich? Do you remember? Or this this last week? Oh, well, Where's I didn't want to uh, spoil it, you know, because I don't want anyone to get offended. But uh, well, we uh, I, I picked mine at random because I felt like that was probably the best way to go about it. I, mean, I could tell that the one was definitely a throwback fake goods listener. Uh, his name was what yeah. Chaz. Uh, so he went Chaz back. Utley. I could, Chaz Utley. I could, I could feel it. So he was one of the winners. Uh, you uh, could tell he, threw, he threw in some nice touches back to fake goods. Um, he, he knew how to get his free copy. But that, that's the funny <laughs> part. That was So I used the randomizer that, uh, that our friend Pete Overzet uses on his, on his uh, ship chasing or, or his randomizer uh, thing he does on Fridays. I use that basically – one through yeah, yeah oh god this last the last episode of davis maddox was amazing <laughs> anyway um so i just used the randomizer one through i think we had 20 19 or 20 comments and i that was the one so um there was one he was the other one he was one and then there was there was another winner so I, you can say his name right um i his name was jay but uh i actually forget what his sign in was uh it's lute, it's a, elusive to me what handle he used but his real name was jay i don't even know yeah. if i'm allowed to say that much about it but uh uh you know, it's like, oh, I don't, why'd you say my name but uh yeah why'd name you jay. say my name <laughs> yeah. yeah well we we have outed you jay and Chaz utley so uh congrats on winning your free copies um and again, please, please, please continue to go ahead to re- rate and review the pod, subcri- subscribe, because really it does help us uh, when people are searching for podcasts and it just helps us as a podcast in general grow. 
Um, and so before we get into the QBs as well, just want to make sure you, you are getting the book and you are going to that website and getting that fantasy package because Rich, uh, your 60 page tier PDF is coming this week, I hear. No, it's already been out. Uh, the, 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 the tiers PDF has been out. I've been already cranking content for subscribers, uh, that has been, you know, draft oriented in this entire week. I'm actually putting out my plan for every position, how I'm personally attacking every position in drafts, uh, this week. So if you're on board with that, you know, come over to the site and check some of that stuff out because, uh, I did, I did a lot of, you know, uh, content this off season that was kind of, you know, teaching a man to fish a little bit, but I know some people just come in for subscriptions and they want, you know, they want to copy off the test a little bit. So that's kind of yeah. what I'm doing this week and just kind of nice. let, showing you, uh, showing you what I filled out on the test uh, and how I'm personally, personally attacking uh, drafts per auctions per, you know, super flex leagues, every position, uh, you know, rounds where you are in snakes. Uh, so I'm really just uh, kind of diving into how, I'm attacking those positions, the players I'm targeting, the sleepers, the the, the busts, uh, and kind of going from there. I did have a quarterback one out today. We're going to talk about quarterbacks today, so I won't divulge a lot of things that were in that article, but we're going to touch on some players and some quarterback content today anyways. Exactly. Yeah, remind me, so Rebar's head. Remember that show, Herman's Head? I don't know if you ever yes, watched that. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, you can get inside Rich Rebar's Rebar's What about MTV's head. The Head? Do you remember The Head on that MTV? Was, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm old school <laughs> like you, Rich. I, don't know. I, I, grew, I grew up with all those goodies, man. So, <laughs> And I'm sure a lot of our fans did. So let's, let's dive into the quarterbacks. You have written a lot this summer um, about quarterbacks in position. Um, and so what we wanted to basically talk about at first was what can, what can we learn from the quarterback ADP for 2020? Uh, we've all had this weight on quarterback late rank, JJ uh, Zacharias and our buddy here has, has, has made late rank QB, uh, a global thing. I feel like in fantasy football. Um, but now that I, I feel like there's been a, another shift in the fantasy landscape, uh, with the, with the, these young running quarterbacks coming into the league, uh, how has our mindset changed, um, from maybe say even just five, six, seven years ago to what it is now, um, at the position? You know, it's interesting because literally everyone now has, has been indoctrinated to wait on quarterback, you know, yeah. quarterbacks aren't valuable. Like everyone knows we know, we've seen the math. Uh, and then what happens every fantasy draft we do? Someone takes last year's QB1 right, really right. early. Uh, I mean, they have gotten cheaper. Um, we have not had a quarterback with a first-round ADP and just regular traditional one-quarterback ADP uh, when you look at you know my fantasy league's history uh, since the 2015 season. But the lowest ADP for the QB1 overall over that span has just been 26.1. In the last three years, the average QB1 has gone at pick 22 uh, pick 18.6 and then uh, last season pick 18 overall so the top of the position has dropped a touch but collectively we still can't help ourselves you know chasing last year's QB1 <laughs> um, and you go back just 10 years ago back uh, just 2010 the average draft position for the QB12 which is what a lot of traditional you know value-based drafting models use as like the baseline was pick 92 overall the QB18 which is a traditional man's game uh, VBD factor for like where the tr real baseline would be counting like for bye weeks and players drafted was pick 125.5 overall. Now this year in 2019, the QB 12 has an ADP of 108.4 and the QB 18, 131.6 overall. So it's dropped a smidge, but we still got some work to do yeah. because I mean, you know, 
exploring the you know the best scoring seasons uh from adp like i did in this article and this is a free article on the site you can check out there have been 42 seasons over the past decade where a quarterback has averaged 20 or more fantasy points per game 31 of those have come from top 12 draft picks at the quarterback position um but 24 of those 42 have come at qb5 or later in the draft as well so i mean we're, we're not seeing a lot of these guys are reaching for really paying off those high dividends you know from a seasonal stance there have been uh 13 seasons over the past decade where a quarterback scored at least 350 fantasy points um just uh one of them was from a qb1 overall that was aaron Rodgers in 2011 uh and then if you want to take a, a wider lens if you take at the top 30 individual scoring quarterback seasons over the past decade just two aaron Rodgers from 2011 and aaron Rodgers from 2012 were posted by qb1 overall draft selections so there's been these guys have all held high floors the QB one overall the past decade uh, has averaged 20.1 fantasy points per game uh, the lowest uh, a guy is averaged just really one guy is busted it was Peyton Manning in, in 2015 um, when he like really fell off the cliff but we're not seeing these guys deliver that QB one overall performance these guys have had high floors and they haven't really busted out but they typically haven't been worth chasing the ghost on either sure. that you just had the year prior. So quarterbacks, we've seen a little bit of growth there, but definitely by far not enough, uh, especially when you do the, the, you know, the, the math on the position and how it is by far the most linear, tightly packed scoring. And then in that ADP article I showcase, it's by far the worst position we are setting the market on. It is the lowest correlation from ADP two points per game uh, that it has not dropped far enough, especially in your one quarterback leagues. You need to keep, keep waiting on quarterback. I know we keep saying that, but it needs to be further down the board. And you look at our ranks on the site. I I mean, you'll never get – if you're going by our ranks, it's like you'll never get Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson because I have those guys as fourth-round draft picks, and uh, they are right. second-round draft picks in just about every league. So. And that's – and I was going to ask you, like, what – you know, we're, we won't be speaking too much about Lamar or Patrick Mahomes in this episode. No, no. Those are – so you're, you're saying, like, you, you feel comfortable drafting them in round four, and that's, and that's why you'll never really have them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even I think that's even, a, you know, it could be even a potential stretch when you factor in opportunity cost, uh, you know, especially this year where it might be a poor play to load up on onesie positions or draft onesie positions early, you know, just because mm-hmm. we don't know about the uncertainty of the season. You might want more higher end running back depth and wide receiver depth. So that could be a problem also reaching when an opportunity cost is inherently high anyways, in a regular season right. uh, without, without these outside, uh, you know, circumstances going in to the season but uh yeah i mean we do it every year we we try to make up an excuse for last year's qb1 and talk about how special he is and this year you know in lamar jackson's case he is unique i mean he is a unicorn in the sense that we have never had a running quarterback this degree uh not even michael vick who was more of a scrambler like a designed qb runs a designed runner and is an offense for him to get designed runs you know that yeah that's there but we know that you know he's not going to have a nine percent touchdown rate uh you know that's going to come down things like that i mean we just lived it with patrick Mahomes too last year and we do it every year i mean we don't need to bring up we don't need to rehash every guy but we do it every year uh and here we are again with lamar jackson going in the second round well it is 2020 so it we we do have we we do have to talk about it unfortunately and so with those with those quarterbacks i mean lamar jackson josh allen even mahomes has a little konami in him you wrote an evergreen article the konami code and quarterbacks um i think it was that number fire i want to say yeah it was uh, it it was about terrell Pryor of all people terrell Pryor, tim tebow it was rest Rest in tebow and terrell Pryor. 
yeah, remember pour, that was the one out. Remember that was the big off season when uh, Terrell Pryor was gonna start the season, and he was like almost min priced in DFS that week, and everyone was like, "You can't play him; he's terrible." And I was like, oh, he's got a super high floor because they're rushing, and yeah, you know, it, it was kind of to be. He only lasted like three or four games because he was that bad of a real quarterback. But the whole point was that these guys were undervalued in your typical leagues because. Uh, yeah. most running quarterbacks were bad real quarterbacks, but they had these high fantasy floors that were unaccounted for yeah. because your father-in-law would be like, I'm not trapped it. He's a bad quarterback. Like, <laughs> because they thought the correlation to, you know, actual fantasy points meant that you had to have a good quarterback, which right. wasn't true at all. Now we have seen it kind of bleed in to fantasy where we're starting to see these guys now that, you know, just inherently better athletes are playing quarterback position, um, natural evolution. And some of these guys are actually really good throwers and when you get the combination of a good passing season with the rushing upside it's really it really unlocks a lot of ceiling like we saw from our last year you know cam newton in 2016 um and, and you know even guys like mahomes has a little bit of you know konami in him uh and you know that second wave of quarterbacks now is all of Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, uh, Kyler Murray, Murray. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Those, that's your second wave of quarterbacks. Now people are on to this. And quarterbacks last year set a new collective high in rushing fantasy points for the third collective, uh, mm. the third season in a row. 14.4% uh, mm. of fantasy output scored by all quarterbacks last year came just from rushing output. That was the highest rate in any NFL season to date. And when you look at just the top 12 quarterbacks and rushing points per game, just strip all passing out out of it the top 12 quarterbacks and rushing points per game nine were qb1s last year the only guys that weren't qb1s overall were ryan fitzpatrick who was a qb1 over the back half of last year daniel jones and jacoby Brissett. those are the only three guys that finished outside of season-long qb1s that were top 12 in rushing points per game uh, now because that, that that secondary tier now is the Konami guys that offer the passing upside, you know, kind of that, that the best of both worlds. Uh, you know, it, it's, we're not getting as many cheat code options. Josh Allen's kind of a floater. He goes kind of right after that tier. Uh, but there are still some guys I think you can exploit still with the Konami code that offers still some passing upside or just rushing floors in general. Obviously, Daniel Jones is a guy that we just talked about. I mean, he had he was the QB1 or QB2 in four weeks uh, last season. He had, he had four 30-point games. So you, got, you saw the ceiling. That's four um, more than Philip Rivers has ever had i saw that stat from matthew berry dropped in his <laughs> article berry, and, uh, yeah. it's a fantastic stat ryan Tannehill, i think is still offers you know a little bit of that we saw what kind of ceiling he can offer as well from the passing clicks he's also do some passing regression but we know he's mobile joe burrow i think is really underrated i think yep. his athleticism is underrated because yep. i think he he reminds me of a lot of uh rookie year andrew luck like he's mm. going to be in a high volume offense. Um, he had almost 600 rushing yards each of the past two seasons at LSU. When you strip away the sack yardage he lost, because yeah. college football is goofy and counts that. <laughs> but he remind he looks very Andrew Luckish to me. Yeah. Like he's yeah. going to have that kind. Of, he's got that kind of athleticism. Like he's not going to rush for 900 yards in the NFL. But I think he's a guy that can definitely add three to 400 rushing yards for sure um, in an NFL season uh, and, and give you some of that nice little uh, additional. Uh, Konami boost. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I think, is, was real sneaky last yep. year. Gardner Minshew led the league in scrambles yeah. <laughs> uh, last year. He had zero rushing touchdowns, too, but he had a really high floor 
as a quarterback. He made 12 starts last year, and in 10 of those 12, he was in the top half of weekly scoring, which makes him a nice QB2 option in QB2 leagues and Superflex leagues. And obviously, we're going to have Tyrod Taylor at least start the season, who we you know inherently know offers uh, you know some good rushing acumen as well. So I mean, there is still ways to get in on some Konami action here uh, and get some of these rushing quarterbacks on the board, even though these guys have elevated in cost. Yeah, I, I like a couple of those guys you you mentioned there in Joe Burrow, Gardner Minshew. Um, I, I love those as kind of late round, late round targets uh, when we yeah, had super flex guys. Drums. Yeah, QB2s. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm not looking at them so much in redraft so much, but maybe maybe mm-hmm. Burrow. But you know, we're we're drafting one QB most of the time, and but yes. this year, I mean, it could be different. You never know. I mean. We might be holding two QBs in our on, on a lot of our rosters when when the season starts, just because of these Sunday uh, these Sunday happenings and what might happen with COVID. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, you also had a quarterback red zone fantasy points versus expectation article. Um, Lamar Jackson, obviously the poster child for said article. Um, who are who are a couple other quarterbacks that kind of stood out uh, to you when you when you wrote it? Uh, on the positive end, uh, Josh yeah. Allen was the first guy that showed. I mean, Josh Allen is essentially their goal line back, the, the Buffalo run. Right. <laughs> you know, he's very. But they don't you know, have. But they don't have Frank Gore this year, so like he only <laughs> he only scored when Frank Gore couldn't. Right. That like, is true. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Zach Moss uh, can convert some right. to like, give Singletary yeah. another chance this year. But he was 18th. Josh Allen right. was in expected points, which accounts for both passing and rushing, um, in in red zone expected points. But he was fourth out of all quarterbacks in actual fantasy output in the red zone uh he scored the most fantasy points from the one yard line he had four rushing touchdowns in the one yard line we just kind of hinted on that he also had two two passing touchdowns from the one yard line uh so he's like the marion barber of quarterbacks (laughs) he's very much like cam newton you know um he only cam newton uh uh, you know has has more rushing touchdowns through his first two nfl seasons at a quarterback than josh allen does uh and, and, and only Jacoby Brissett and Kyle Allen had a higher rate of their overall fantasy points come from inside the 10-yard line than Josh Allen had. Like I said, he was 18th uh, in expected points and fourth in actual scoring. Uh, I think more – I'm more interested in some of the guys in the bottom. I mean, no quarterback was worse in the red zone last year than Tom Brady. He was uh, first in overall expected points in the red zone. Uh, he led the league in red zone pass attempts. He was tied for first in pass attempts inside the 10-yard line. Um, but despite that, he was uh, 16th in, in actual fantasy points scored. Uh, he had the largest discrepancy in expected points versus point actual points scored. Uh, where he just absolutely was terrible last year was in the money zone. And, you know, um, inside the 10-yard line, he was 14 of 38 passing, just 36.8%. Uh, he was ahead of just Andy Dalton in completion percentage inside the 10. Uh, and his touchdown rate uh, – was uh, dead last for all qualifying passers. So now he's going to have Chris Godwin. He's going to have Mike Evans. He's going to have Gronk back. Uh, There's there's, there's a chance for this to really oscillate back for him and spike uh, for Tom Brady. And then uh, two other guys that stood on the bottom, uh, Kyler Murray was uh, third in expected red zone points scored, but just 18th in actual points scored. Uh, And Aaron Rodgers was fifth in expected points and 15th in actual points scored. Now, Aaron Rodgers played with a running back that scored 19 touchdowns last year. We expect Mm -hmm. him to come back to to earth a little bit naturally so you can kind of see where he got kind of boned and kind of getting some of that those fantasy points in the red zone is that Aaron Jones just ran so hot in that area of the field but both the Cardinals and Packers uh, are teams that we highlighted in that kind of touchdown splits article that we talked about a couple weeks ago as teams that should have a higher uptick in passing touchdowns and you kind of see how that played out between those two guys last year Aaron Rodgers was actually third in the NFL in end zone pass attempts last year 
which was kind of surprising. I mean, it's not something I would have think about that he actually was third in the NFL and pass attempts that went into the end zone. But uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if some of those turn to the touchdowns, I mean, there's a way for Aaron Rodgers to bounce back. Uh, and then, you know, Kyler's – a lot of his expected regression passing, because his passing peripheral stats were all, you know, really low. And we talked about him as a misused quarterback last year in a show at Dan Bazuda. Uh, but he's priced highly. A lot of the things are getting priced into Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, a lot of expectations based on <laughs> what, you know, year two Patrick Mahomes and year two Lamar Jackson have done. All right. So following that, right. So following that up, uh, you also took a look at QB careers and their reliance on, or I guess the lack of red zone uh, passing touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, is somebody that stands out to me that uh, you know has these mm-hmm. uh, long, deep passing scores. Uh, are there any surprise standouts? Uh, positive. We'll start with the positives as far as quarterback red zone reliance. Yeah, that, you said, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the poster child. Uh, in career average touchdown length, he's first on uh, career rate of touchdowns being thrown outside of the red zone. He's first. So, I mean, uh, he's definitely he's a distant scoring. Decent. If you're in, And some people are in these – I put these articles out because some people play in these distant scoring leagues where you get yeah. either bonus the points bonuses, for a, cer- yeah, a certain sure. length or however yardage of the touchdown. Uh, so, this is what these articles are for, the guys that are good in those leagues and are inherently bad in those leagues. So, a real fun one, and we have to see how this plays out, but the uh, Nick Foles really stood out. So Nick Foles uh, averages his average touchdown length is 22.4 yards. Uh, that's just behind Patrick Mahomes and, you know, average career touchdown length. 45% of uh, Nick Foles' career touchdown passes have come from outside the red zone. Uh, typical average is around 65% from inside the red zone. Wow. Um, so it's, it's the highest rate of any passer with more than two years of, uh, of starting experience. Uh, and overall, the only guys higher with less experience are Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. They just don't have a, a large enough resume. But uh, just uh, 25.4% of Foles' career touchdown passes have come from inside the 10-yard line, which is the lowest rate of any passer in this article uh, of these starting quarterbacks. And, you know, limited duty, but it held over last year, too. He only threw three touchdowns last year, but they were 35 yards, 34 yards, and 20 yards. Um, It's it's the same thing, man. It's really crazy. And what's funny about this is it's, it's a complete 180 from Mitchell Trubisky. He's completely, he completely runs in the other direction. 74.5% of Mitchell Trubisky's touchdowns have come from inside the red zone, which is ahead of just uh, Jared Goff for all non-rookies, guys that only have one sample because there's guys like Drew Locke on there. Um, just not enough, not enough sample involved there. But that's a fun one to see kind of what happens. Huh. I mean, maybe this period, uh, you know, this, this COVID period and them not having a, a full training camp, maybe they give Mitch a runway to just hold on to the job. Maybe they feel like they have some incentive uh, without having, you know, preseason to really gauge these guys. We'll have to see how it plays out the next few weeks. Um, but it'll be, you know, hey, if, if Nick Foles is the starter, he might offer a little more, you know, upside to get Allen Robbins, maybe some more of them deep TDs. Uh, and then on like, a, uh, on like the other side, I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, Jared Goff has the lowest rate of passing touchdowns from outside of the red zone of any quarterbacks with a sample, uh, 21.8%. Uh, 49.4% of his career passing touchdowns have come from inside the 10-yard line. That's the highest rate. Since Goff's been paired with uh, Sean McVay in 2017, he's got 40 touchdown passes inside the 10-yard line, which leads the league uh, from touchdown passes inside that area. Um, you know, you look at last year, too, he had uh, – we'll talk about Goff, I think, a, a little bit. I think we were going to do this or that again. But, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't throw a lot of deep touchdowns. You're not getting a lot of those deep touchdowns, which is, which is kind of a bummer. And then Baker Mayfield last year, 
I mean, it was the same thing. I mean, he was he was just bad in the red zone last year and relied Which was total on, opposite from his rookie year. Yeah, so 2019 red zone output was really a far cry from his rookie season. His rookie season, he was 65% completion percentage, 20 touchdowns, zero interceptions, yeah. and took just two sacks in the red zone. Mm. Uh, 116 rating uh, last year uh, he was 40 and a half percent completion rate inside the red zone 15 touchdowns three interceptions he took six red zone sacks which was tied for the most in the league 71.1 rating um, but yeah through two seasons 35 of Mayfield's 49 passing touchdowns have come from inside the red zone uh, and 23 coming from inside the 10 yard line so he's a lot of guy too you know we're looking for those deep shots now and that, off that play action that's what we want you know that conversion in this Kevin Stansky offense like they did with Stephon Diggs we were looking for some money balls this year from Baker we want some long range right. touchdowns yeah and we want those from Odell Beckham okay that's just that's all I'm saying so we, uh, yeah, yeah. So you, uh, you, you kind of teased it a little bit that uh, we're going to go back to our game called this or that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. So again, we are talking fantasy pros ranks um, because we can't talk about them again on NFC South pocket passers. Excuse me, I've been drinking wine. Um, you know, we don't have for some reason we don't have Teddy in here, but uh, we're gonna. He go doesn't with, go high enough. He, his yeah, AP, that's true. I know, his ADP is not the uh, is not high enough, man. Uh, it's true. It's true. Or there's ranking. Uh, we still love you though, Teddy. Um, so NFC South pocket passers we got matt ryan currently taken as the qb8 drew B- drew Brees as the qb9 and tom brady as the qb11 who are you taking there uh at their current adp so my favorite guy out of these three is is matt ryan uh matt right the falcons have our toughest schedule in terms of forecasted uh, win record of opponents this season. And you look at Matt Ryan's volume paired with Dirk Cutter. He's been first, second, second, and sixth in the NFL in pass attempts per game those four seasons. So potential negative game script and scheme are all in Ryan's favor. Uh, we don't really know if they're going to have a run game this year or not. And you know, there's minimal depth behind Todd Gurley there as well. Uh, so, I mean, I do like Matt Ryan the most out of all those guys. Uh, you get that weird Matt Ryan in an even-year narrative, too. But uh, uh, <laughs> I think Bree- Breeze, and, Breeze and Brady, you got your two guys over 40. Uh, Breeze is coming off a career-high touchdown rate, which is pretty crazy to think that Drew Breeze still setting career highs uh, this day and age. So, I think he's going to have a little bit of reversion in the touchdown department. I think he's really solid, though. I think he's a solid player. And Brady, I mean, you know, going into, you know, age 43 season, we're just in uncharted territory. I, I still right. think Brady definitely – meets the threshold of throws when you look at his uh accurate passes and on target passes that uh you know our good buddy Dwayne McFarland kind of put out a tweet on this he was still way above league averages so getting him some right weaponry and getting him in a, a system that is gonna you know will probably open some things up from the things that he was doing this last couple of years in New England are positive but I'm Matt Ryan here who you got yeah yeah so I mean I, I think I'm what you said about Tom Brady is really it's it's really uh interesting to me because I feel like if he has those same numbers that he had in New England where he's passing so much in the red zone and now he's, he's given Godwin Evans, uh, mm-hmm. Gronkowski, and O.J. Howard, uh, what he could do with that, I mean, uh, who knows what could happen. But I'm, I'm with you on Matt Ryan. I think uh, with, with Dirk Cutter in the, back in the picture, we're looking at at least conservative 660 pass pass attempts for Matt Ryan and what he can do with those with the receivers he has. 
uh, the playmakers he has. I mean, I, I think right now I have him as the QB five or six in my projections right Beautiful. now. Um, and so what you're, you're kind of giving that discount and I'm, I'm okay with getting a quarterback at that point, depending on my roster construction. And if I can stack him with a Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones, that's even better. So I'm, I think I'm that's the that most one. appealing part of Ryan right. is that the Falcons offer so much, they offer so much stacking potential yeah. where you can get Julio in the second, you can get Calvin Ridley in the fourth, you can get Hayden Hurst, uh, you know, in the seventh, eighth round. And you can yeah. really pair him with some of those guys where you think like Brady, uh, you know, Godwin Nevins, you really can never get on the same team unless maybe you're at the two, three turn and they both those guys kind of hit there. Uh, and then Breeze, you know, you can pair him with one of those guys, you know, Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara. But uh, the Falcons offer a lot more avenues to stacking. I, I think that's what makes him so more, so much more appealing too, as well in that regard. Yeah, same here. Um, next time or next next up is the upside QB twos. Uh, we have you know somebody who is just starting out his career in Daniel Jones. He's currently the QB fourteen, and somebody who is maybe trying to revive his career in Cam Newton at QB seventeen with a new team in the New England Patriots. I do think this is going to be one of – I think Cam Newton is going to have a resurgence uh, this year, and I think he could have, uh, a, a, like, just one of his better years passing. I just don't know if it's going to be going to be there on the ground with him this year. He's getting older. The injuries are starting to stack up. Daniel Jones, like you said, I mean, his rookie season, he had four games of 30-plus fantasy points. He's very boomer bust. He's got three good receivers uh, that he gets throw to, a healthy Saquon Barkley. He's in the NFC East. I, I mean, I'm, I, I got to take Daniel Jones here. I, I think the cart's still a little ahead of the horse on Daniel Jones because I'm not sure. sure. He doesn't offer – like, he's very Josh Allen-ish, uh, and, but doesn't run as much as Josh Allen. He does run a little bit, but uh, – I, like we talked about last week on the show, we talked about kind of his opening schedule. I'm just so scared uh, because, you know, he was under pressure, the second highest rate in the NFL last year. They did, you know, it, they did it, you know, they had a left tackle this year yep. at the front of the draft, but they faced four teams right off the rip that were, you know, the top eight in pressure rate last year. Uh, I think there's going to be some ups and downs with him still. I think he's going to be a, a real, I think he's going to still maintain being a boomer bust quarterback and have yeah. these low moments. Um, whereas Cam, I think still probably offers a little bit of a, a better floor. They're going to have some probably more positive game script uh, than the Giants will. And then I like, I like taking shots on Cam because you could know right away. Well, one, he goes in the QB2 area because I think what their, their rankings are QB14 and QB17. But yep. so Cam goes uh, as, a, as like a high QB2, a mid QB2. But he opens the season with the Dolphins, and he gets the Raiders in week three. So two of his first three games are pretty pretty strong from an opponent base. So, like, if – we're going to know right away, like, if we're going to be able to exploit Cam in good matchups. And if we're right. not, you move on. Because you like, you're not investing here. You're not investing I, there. I kind of feel like we won't really know, though, because, I mean, he's had a year off. He's he's changing teams, complete different offenses. He's under Bill Belichick, who – Well, he's not fun. running, we'll know. Right, right. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I just – it just – that's the part that scares me a little bit is the time off, the new system, a new coach who hates fun. I just don't know if that's Cam's best environment. I mean, Belichick's a Bon Jovi fan. You don't think that Bon Jovi's fun? I mean, I love a little John Bon, but I mean, that's <laughs> – isn't your email part of John Bon? I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, that's where you, yeah. I have a burner. I have a burner out there. Hey, listen, Slippery my, my – yeah, my 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 favorite karaoke song is "Dead or Alive," so I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. That's that's just, that's how I roll. 
Um, all right. So ba- yeah. <laughs> all right. Back, uh, <laughs> bounce back from a highly drafted QB a year ago. Jared Goff was somebody we were drafting as a, a pretty confident QB one last year. Most drafters were, and also Baker Mayfield. I think he was being drafted as a top five oh, QB yeah. last year or so. Uh, right now, Jared Goff is the QB 16. Baker Mayfield is the QB 18 right now. Who you got? I'm going Goff here because I think Goff is kind of an arbitrage on Matt Ryan. I mean, you look at Goff's pass attempts, they've gone through the roof every season. They've just yeah. done nothing but climb, climb, climb. And what hurt Goff is that he doesn't throw those deep touchdown passes. But he also got kind of – you know, he, he had seven completions last year They got on players that got tackled at the one-yard line. It was the most in the NFL. After all seven of those plays, he did not follow was up. Was Calvin Johnson on his team? I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. None of, but what's funny is after all of those plays, not one did he throw a touchdown pass afterwards. Mm. He did mm. sneak one in, but all the yeah. rest were girly Malcolm Brown touchdowns. Mm. Um, but, if, you know, those 22 touchdowns he threw last year – uh, you really, really were way off. His first two seasons with Sean Fade, a 5.9% touchdown rate, and then he was 5.7% the year after that in 2018. And then last year it was 3.5%. And that's how you get mm. there. That's how these wonky things happen in an NFL season. Mm. But I think very much um, is, is kind of an arbitrage, Matt Ryan. They, they face an opponent with a higher forecasted win total in seven of their opening 11 games. They're also one of these teams that we just don't know what their run game is going to be. Uh, We just kind of don't really know if they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. Uh, And then he's another guy like Ryan where his primary pass catchers um, are way ahead of him. You know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. They're not quite Falcons levels, uh, you know, but those guys all are well ahead of where Goff goes. So I like him. I think Baker bounces back from an efficiency stance, uh, but from a fantasy stance, I don't know how he gets there because, one, he doesn't run. I just don't know what kind of volume we're going to have with this Browns offense. I mean, we know they're probably going to run the ball well. This offensive line, at least if the depth doesn't get exposed because they're they're thin – depth-wise, but this is a strong front tackle-to-tackle offensive line. They've got two really good running backs. We know they're going to play a lot of two tight end sets. They don't have a lot of wide receiver depth that really scares anyone outside of the top, which are two really good wide receivers. Um, but I just don't think that we'll see Baker, you know, really be in like that 550 pass attempt range, uh, right. which is going to make him really have to be hyper-efficient. And I think he'll bounce back in that regard, but I don't think it'll be as a, you know, weekly QB1. Uh, so I'm going off there. Yeah, I think I am too. I mean, the good news is Jarvis Landry was announced that he won't start the season on the pup list. I'm yep. all right. And so that's obviously good news. Um, but again, like you said, uh, new coach, Stefan Stefanski, he likes to run the ball. Um, I think Nick Chubb is much better in the red zone this year um, due to the offensive line. I just think due to positive regression, I know everybody hates that term right now. But I think he'll have to be better uh, in, in the red zone or, you know, at least within the five um that he did last year and so i i just don't see him eclipsing more than 30 touchdowns and so i can see goff doing that fairly easily in uh in mcveigh's offense so i'm also going with jared goff um so year two uh quarterbacks you two year two question marks gardner Minshew currently taken as the qb 21 versus drew Locke taken as the qb 26 Ugh. So, I mean, I don't, we're not taking either in one QB right. leagues, right, in, in drafts. So, <laughs> no, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna consider this as, as super flex. And I, I think I'm going to take Gardner Minshew because what we've talked about earlier, he's, he does offer a little bit of that Konami code. 
Um, whether that's going to kind of take, uh, come to fruition in 2020, I don't know, but last year, 67 attempts, 344 yards, you're gaining almost an extra seven plus touchdowns right there. Just on rushing yardage alone. He's got DJ chart coming into his third year, uh, playmaker. He's supposed to bust out. Everybody thinks he could be possibly a top 12 candidate, but on the other side, Drew Locke, I mean, he's got Cortland Sutton. They drafted Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, uh, Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's got all the weapons you could want in Denver. But will will I, he's another guy that I just can't uh, see getting over 28, 29 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns. Gardner Minshew might not, but I mean, he's gonna he's gonna throw the ball because I don't I think their defense is terrible, um, and he's gonna give you that Konami code. So I just I I think his ceiling and or his floor is a little higher than Drew Lock, but Drew Lock's ceiling I think is 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 quite a bit more than than Minshew. But I'm I'm gonna go with 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 Minshew here. I'm going to follow you as well with Minshew. I mean, you look at him last week, we talked about he made 12 starts. 10 starts were in the top half of weekly scoring. Really solid QB2. Nine of those 10 uh, starts where he was in the top half of scoring, they were versus pass defense in the bottom half of pass efficiency allowed. In those games, he averaged 17.6 points per game. Jacksonville doesn't face a defense that was in the top half of 2019 pass efficiency until week 10 Mm. this season. Uh, so he's one of my favorite QB2s. I think we're just probably another, you know, we're, we're going to, like, get to see what the answer is for Drew Locke. But I do have some questions about just, you know, this offense in general, yeah. new offensive coordinator, uh, a lot of new weapons that are young. That's the that's thing. A, that's I mean, we've thing. got yep. we've got a rookie wide receiver. We've got two we got a rookie wide receiver JJ, Jerry Judy. Uh, we've got a rookie slot receiver in KJ Hambler. We've got a rookie backup tight end and uh, Albert O. And then you've got you know Sutton and Fanton year two. No, yep. uh, you got Sutton in year three and Fanton year two. So I mean, this is it's a young group. Uh, to act to act like it's, those guys are just it's killer be like, though. It's a killer group. I mean, it, I mean, it could be like if Locke just shows yeah. the part. Like then, this thing could be really. It could, yeah. you know, Denver could be really happy for a nice little years to come if Locke does work out. But the fact that he doesn't run and there's a little bit unknowns from a continuity stance uh, in this offense and being so such young players, I think um, uh, I just like the safety of Minshew as like a QB, you know, floor play, a QB two floor play a lot more. Yeah. Uh, and then you know the opening schedule I think is just icing for for that that uh, area as well. Well, shit. I think we only we only agreed or disagreed on one again, but you know, we'll, we'll get there. I mean, you know, running backs could oh, be different next week. Oh, running backs, we'll, we'll, we'll have some heat, I think. Uh, I, feel, I feel like we will. Um, so that is our show for the QBs. Uh, let us know what you think. I mean, you can find Rich at Lord Reeves on Twitter. I'm at Chad underscore Scott 13. You can always tell us, you know, what you think of the show? What can we do different? What do you like about the show? Um, and make sure you are going to iTunes or whatever podcast or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Make sure you're subscribing, you're rating, reviewing. Uh, Rich, do you have anything to add before we get out of here this week? Nope, that's it. Just everyone continue to stay safe. You know, here we are in mid-August. If you got kids going back to school, you know, uh, you know, stay safe, everyone. And it's happening, man. I mean, you've seen the, the COVID first wave of test results for the NFL were positive. They trended positive. I mean, this season is going to start. And if you're wondering what you can do after it starts, we did do a COVID podcast, so some things that happen in season. But, I mean, this, yeah. is, this thing's happening, man. I mean, there is going to be football played in it's four happening. weeks. You're gonna you're gonna have to draft your team, so make sure you're listening to us. I <laughs> you mean, are. At, yeah, at the very least, you're gonna have to draft your team, so make sure you're you're tuning in in the next in the coming weeks. Um, and again, so I, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I, I think 
you know, last week we had that promotion going with, with the, uh, with Warren's book. Um, y'all came out, y'all reviewed, y'all, y'all kick some butt doing that. Uh, I encourage everybody to please keep doing it. Like I said, it, it really helps us in the, in the podcast game. Um, and so with that, you know, we'll, we'll say adios this week. We'll see you next week and, uh, later. Thank <laughs> you.